Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of The Spilled Tea. I'm one of your hosts, Emmy Morgan. Uh, sorry I'm a little bit late because I was in one of my new crushes' lives. Um, whatever, guys. Don't, don't judge me right now. I, um, yes, I have a new TikTok crush. Um, his name is Shay Watt, and it's S-H-E-A-W-H-A-T-T. I think he's still on. If you want to go check him out, he is just a sweet country boy, you know, um, typical sweet country boy. Actually, he is still on. Maybe I'll go in while I'm here. I don't know. Um, check him out. I, I started a bunch of mess in his live when I was going there, flirting with him, of course. Um, uh, I guess I'll say hi to Joe. Hi, Joe. <laughs> hi. Oh, we're talking about messes. <laughs> you're talking about what? What'd you say? They're talking about messes. Wow, Joe. Just starting wow. About, starting you, you really went there? Mess. You uh, really I, went there? I love there coming in me? at the right time. <laughs> yeah. What are you trying to say, Joe? Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. Y'all see how he treats me? You see how he treats me? Just a bit. Mm-hmm. Just observing. Um, just, an, uh, just an observer. Yeah. How uh, how was your weekend? Uh, it was. It's been pretty good. Yeah. Had a had a kindergarten graduation. I you know, it, as time has worn on, I realized that these things are 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 more important um, than than they were. I don't remember having a kindergarten graduation, which isn't to say that yeah. it didn't happen. I just no, don't we remember did, it. but it wasn't a big deal as it is now. Yeah. We did. Um, but it was a big deal. It a, it's a big deal. Yeah. So, so we did that. Um, yesterday, had another graduation party for um, my wife's nephew. So that was nice. And that's about it. Just hung out. What a nice, relaxing weekend. How about you? Um... So I have a long weekend. I was supposed to go into Boston tomorrow and do a couple of things, but I actually switched them to Friday. So, cause I was at, um, I actually went into the office on Friday. So, um, mm-hmm. I switched those. So tomorrow I'm just going to be lazy and I'm not sure what I'm going to do. So this weekend was just like me being lazy again. I have this thing. I don't know why, but on Fridays, I, it's so weird. I eat sushi and watch um, Million Dollar Homes. I don't know why I do it. It's just a ritual I have, and it's, like, my favorite thing to do. And so that's what I did on Friday. And then what did I do yesterday? Oh, it must have been nothing because I don't remember. Like, <laughs> I don't think I did anything. Yeah. Oh, something I did want to talk about. I did, um, and it's not a shout out, but I did, one of my friends was, um, he's actually not even gay. 
he was at the Pride event in um, New York, and a mail carrier in uniform called him a faggot and told him to take his gay shit somewhere else. And oh, I saw that. I saw that this morning. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately for him, my friend was recording at the time on live on, um, I think it was IG Live, and captured the guy. And you know my petty ass. I was like, no, you no, you don't do that to my friends. You don't do that to anybody, but especially my friends. So I, I created, oh, you know wow. me, I'm, I'm creative. So I created a little video and sent it off. It's blowing up on um, Twitter. And I tagged the USPS. You know, I was thinking to myself, what if this guy loses his job? Oh, well. They have a zero-tolerance policy. Oh, well. Maybe it will teach him not to be homophobic. It is 2021. How do you not be learn how to be homophobic? Like, did, did, no. No. So... I'm okay with it. I'm going to let karma do what it do. If he gets a reprimand, if he loses his job, that's not my, that's, that's not what I'm looking for. I just want him to get some sort of karma because what he did was wrong. And my friend was upset. You don't do that. No, you don't do that. So, and you also don't mess with Emmy's friends. Because this bitch got a big mess. That's your, Listen, I, I will yeah, go on that's, Animal that's Planet. That's the title of every show. <laughs> So Joe's a comedian, guys, if you didn't know. Um, no, but seriously, that's how we are. That's how we grew up in Aguan. You protect your friends. You get mad when they get mad, you know? And I'm just doing what I've learned my whole life. So whatever. Come at You come okay. at my friends, you come at me. And you know I got a big mouth. So... Um, yeah, so I guess let's get started. I was going to have one of, because uh, this guy, Doug, he started all of this. He was supposed to come in, but it's my fault if he doesn't because I gave him the number late. I gave him the topic, but I gave him the number late. So if he doesn't come in, that's my fault. I'm sorry. Um, but anyways, let's get started. Let's start with, <laughs> I guess we can start with something that was kind of comical, the Dr. Fauci email. That is oh, the yeah, funniest yeah. thing I have ever seen in my life. You know what I've noticed about MAGA? Not even Republicans, but MAGA. They try to create so much crap, and they get themselves in trouble. Like this one kid, I can't remember his name. He tried to claim that, um, well, let me back up. Some women came out and said that they had sex with Richard Comey, either Richard Comey or some, one of, Richard Comey or the other guy, I can't remember his name, the tall guy. What was his name? He was um, tall. Department of Justice. Oh, he's really tall. Not Richard Comey, but his boss at the time who did the investigation for Trump. Oh, what the heck is his name? Oh, uh, James Comey and um, the guy who Bill did Burr. the investigation. Not Bill Burr. Oh, that, that's Robert Mueller. That's it. So it was either Mueller or Comey, one of them. Women came out and said, you know, I'm sleeping with him. Turns out they were hired by a MAGA supporter who hired them to lie. So then that guy got in trouble for that. And then um, 
Yeah, so they just keep creating stories. So there was an email that went to the Washington Post and um, BuzzFeed. They looked like Dr. Fauci's email. It looked like it came from him. They looked legit. But if you actually look at hydro, hydroxychloride, spelled wrong, which he would never do because, you know, he's an educated man in the 70s. He knows how to spell things. So they're looking at these emails and everybody blew them up without actually reading them, without actually spot-checking them and verifying that they are actually from Dr. Fauci. And it turns out they weren't. They were doctors. And um, Eric Nielsen, um, or Nelson, from Bio, what is it? Biosignal Technologies, he has other emails that clearly state Dr. Fauci does not approve this uh, drug because there's little data on it. So now all these people that posted up all about it look stupid because, well, because they're, they are stupid. Um, what are your thoughts on all this stupid foolishness? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how, um, it, because obviously they did release a bunch of the emails. Um, a bunch. Mm-hmm. A lot of the information in it was redacted, but not not mm-hmm. so much that you couldn't not so much that you couldn't tell what was actually contained in it. But right. um, there's a couple of these emails that people have singled out as being like these smoking guns, and it's insulting mm-hmm. to anyone with half a brain because mm-hmm. you know, regardless of of what people's political affiliation is, you just have to look up where the actual information was released as opposed to where this stuff is being posted online by just some random website, which clearly has a conservative angle on it. And again, I don't have a problem with people with conservative ideologies, but if you know that in a website is extremely partisan in their, in their reporting, you've got to use your brain a little bit, but unfortunately people just want, you know, confirmation bias anyway. So it's fine. But, Along with the hydroxychloroquine and spelling it wrong and all this stuff where, you know, they're trying to claim that he, you know, said it was good, um, you know, there's also the stuff that they've said, oh, yeah, he knew that the mask didn't work. And then right. they also said, you know, it, uh, along with the, the, the mask not working, that, um, that, they, that he knew it was released from a lab in Wuhan. And the bottom line is the emails don't say that. And, and reading the emails, <laughs> you want to read them in a certain way. You're going to take whatever you want from them, but it mm-hmm. doesn't change the fact that the email from, you know, from the very beginning of the pandemic, before it even exploded on the scene in the United States, was him basically telling a, you know, a, a, a colleague, like, hey, you don't have to wear a mask in this situation. And so, of course, people are going to blow this stuff up. Um, I, think it's, I think it's silly, but this is, this is the world that we live in. People don't people, – Trust and don't verify. <laughs> hmm All the time. And you know what it reminds me of? When people read a headline on Facebook instead of clicking the link for the article. Same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, it's not that hard. It really isn't. No. It's really, take the two seconds to read the article. Take the two seconds. Like this guy on, um, this guy on Twitter, um, this lady had said to Kevin Sorbo, hey, um, your tweet doesn't make sense because 
it violates flag code. And this guy goes, liberals, making up the, the word flag code. And then I had to Google it and put the um, Wikipedia article in the tweet. And I said, flag code is a real thing. Liberals didn't make that up. And it's just like, I said to him, do the research before you tweet. And people don't bother doing research. They would rather regurgitate what has been said, what has, has their friends and family have said, than, than just, like, think on their own. Even the word... Well, and that's um, the problem uh, with... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that's the problem no. with clickbait in general. Mm-hmm. It just gets people to read the first paragraph or to see what, you know, what things that they want to see and want to read. And people don't really care about the details or, or trying to, uh, you know, to look at multiple sources from both sides to try to figure out, well, what's the actual story here? Right. And even recently now, this is a big, huge deal. This is such a huge deal that there's going to be a movie about it. Back in 1948, someone translated the Bible and they put two words that were completely separate from each other together to form the word homosexual. So a Bible that previously stated man shall not lie with, um, I forgot how it was worded, but basically with young boys, the way that they uh, lie with women has been translated to man shall not lie with mankind condemning homosexuality it was actually that passage was actually about pedophilia so now all these years later instead of doing the research people have regurgitated this over and over and over the bible says homosexuality is wrong i'm sorry but your bible version is wrong i hate to tell you that but that's the truth there's a whole movie coming out called 1948 about it i don't understand why people who have the means and the mindset to go ahead and do research, don't do research, because now they all look stupid. And I'm sure, Confirmation I guarantee, it. the Catholic Church is beside themselves. Because well, they've been taught, be. they, they, well, they've regurgitated this for so long, this perpetuated this lie, when they themselves probably knew the truth. It makes me think, of course they knew the truth. I don't, it makes me think angels and demons is probably real. Just saying. Um, <laughs> Dan Brown knew what he was talking about, okay? Uh, um, he did, he did a lot yeah, of research. I'll give him that. <laughs> and, he, and it's funny because he did such a good job at the time. Everyone's like, oh, my God, this is such fiction. And now people are like, hmm, wait a minute now. <laughs> wait a minute. Um, yeah. Well, and that's, the, 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 the Bible in and of itself has been, first of all, you have to take into consideration that the Bible was translated from How many ancient languages, <laughs> from, mm-hmm. from ancient Hebrew, from Aramaic, from, from multiple ancient languages that, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're converting it into the English language. And it was, you know, you're talking about books that were written at least, you know, a generation after the, you know, the, the person known as Jesus, whoever that may be, if that's a real person or not, I'm not going to get into that debate, um, you know, existed, the time frame that they state that he existed. So there's a whole bunch of, of issues in general, but the translation itself 
is something that has, has been modified over the course of years. And when the, the Vatican basically said, okay, these are going to be the books that we're going to include in the Bible. These are the ones that we're not. We're going to just kind of hide those and call them, call them apocryphal or just say that they don't exist. And then, you know, say that this is the version of the Bible. That's what people have taken and have continued to modify to suit their own, their own needs at this point. So it's just it's 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 not even the true to the to to the original uh, documentation that was that was out there. Right, I agree. Um, but that's a long way from Fauci. True. <laughs> Very true. Um, bless bless everybody's heart. You know, you know what I think it is. I think the bottom line is they just want some something to believe in. And whether it's a lie or not, they believe in something. That's what I think it is, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's what I, I think, think that's it a is. Lot of, a lot of it. Like, if they stop believing that the Bible's real, what do they got? What are they going to believe? Who are they? Especially Southerners who church is their part of their identity. What do they got? Bless their little heart. You know what I'm saying? Bless them. Um, do something for Next him. up, what's that? I said do something for him. I don't know. Mm. Um, <laughs> next up, I, let's just get this heavy topic off the table. Let's talk about Palestine. Um, so, I want, so I've talked a lot. Why don't you, um, I have my notes here, but why don't you tell me We'll tell everybody what uh, the issue with Palestine, like what started all this. So let me start by saying that people lived in Palestine for hundreds of years of both Jewish and Muslim and Christian uh, religions lived in an area known as Palestine for hundreds of years. They typically got along. They may have been under one particular empire or another. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, they, they, they were, it was a community of what, you know, what most people would call Semites, right? Um, and so you, if you're from this area and you've lived in this area for your entire, your entire life, this was your home, uh, regardless of whoever the, 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 you know, the reigning power was at the time. So... You know, look at if you look at the late 1800s, early 1900s, this movement called Zionism comes up, and they say, you know, hey, listen, we need a homeland. We're, you know, where we've we've been expelled from every land. Jews need a homeland. So there's all this back and forth, colonialism, and all the stuff that happened at the, uh, you know, at the end of World War One and World War Two, where the fall of the, the Ottoman Empire kind of divvied up a lot of the land in the Middle East. And now you've got Palestine as just kind of this this territory that's owned. And so then the Zionists had looked for these opportunities to move to a whole slew of places. Um, their homeland was not just simply designated as where you know present day Israel is. You know they had looked at places in Argentina, and I believe there was a, another place in in Europe. Um, I think it was Sweden, but. You know, this is where they had settled on. And then after World War II, the 
you know, Great Britain basically said, okay, here's what we're going to do with Ball 4 Declaration. We're going to say that this is your homeland. Let's move forward. All right. So now they, they come up with the, U, the UN comes up with this partition plan to split that land in, in half. And so now the land is split in half, and you've got a whole bunch of wars and stuff that have happened over the course of time, but essentially it comes down to the same thing. Israel has, you know, has a claim to the land. Palestine has a claim to the land. And the two just can't agree on how a two-state solution can work. And so now here we are. The fighting continues. There's, you know, there's a, a, a wall around areas of, of, of Palestine that, that you cannot get in and out without, um, without Israel, Israel giving, granting you permission. You have to go to these checkpoints. They have control of the water. They have control of, of basically mm. all the resources and any Thank trade God. that goes in and out. So it's, it's kind of a lockdown. And so these two just, they, they just can't agree on how they can come up with a two-state solution or live under the same state with equal rights. And mm-hmm. it's just created this, this conflict, this never-ending conflict that has been going on since, you know, essentially since they have partitioned the land off in, 19, in 1948. Mm-hmm. What well, um, doesn't make sense I, to know, me? No, I just wanted to interject real quick. What doesn't make sense to me is grown, grown men and women arguing over land. Land since 1940 fucking eight. Like, yeah. how did how did we get here? Land, like, stuff. Well, anyway, sorry. So I'll, I'll I'll give you I'll give you an analogy. Let's say that your 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 family has this property, right? And it's in yep. it's in Massachusetts, and yep. Massachusetts decides in their infinite wisdom that they're going to split up some land and give stuff to other people and all this stuff. And then there's a, you know, there's a faction from, you know, the Eastern part of the state that says the Western part of the state is, is deserving of, you know, of less land or, or whatever. They just come up with their own ideas about how this is supposed to work. And so that, you know, there's conflict and then they, you know, then they decide, you know, Hey, Em, I, I, I really like your land. It's, you know, it's close to other land that we have. And we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kick you out, and then when we kick you out, we're gonna take it. And it, mm-hmm. could, be, it could have been in your family for generations. You could have land deeds. Yep. You could have all of this documentation that supports it, but they're yep. they're they're just gonna take it. And it's not mm-hmm. like eminent domain in the United States where they say, "Hey, listen, we're building this. Where the government's gonna do it. It's just we're gonna come in and we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna acquire this land and move someone else in who has never lived there." who has mm-hmm. never had a, pro- a property claim on this land and who essentially isn't even technically a resident there until they've come over there and acquired this land. It, and this is, the, you know, this, this is kind of the Cliff yeah. Notes version, but, but imagine so, how you would feel as a displaced person. So to add to... Um, what Joe's saying, it gets even worse. So prior to 1948, if you were an Israeli Jew, you were entitled to land here. As, as a Palestine, you're, as a Palestinian, you can't own Israel, Israeli proper land. What happened was in 1948, um, 
this family basically won Israeli land in a lottery. And the Palestinian government was like, nope, you can't live there. You're, you're, no, you can't. You can't do it. And it's like, but they won it in a lottery. Like, it's not like they stole it. They literally won it in some sort of land lottery. Uh-huh. I don't understand what the deal is. Like, why are we arguing over this? Why from May 6th to May 21st was there rubber bullets? tear gas, uh, stun grenade. Why is all of this going on over land that they won? It was, they did not steal it. They legitimately won it in a UNC lottery. What, or I don't know if that's what the proper name of it. It was some sort of lottery. But I don't understand what the problem is. I don't get it. You're killing people over this? Y'all, so the, the problem on. is The problem is that that the, these land claims themselves date back generations. And I know. when you're talking about when you're talking about your family's land, it's not like the Palestinians have the same right of return. So any mm-hmm. any Palestinians who were kicked out or who had to leave because there was uh, there was the Six Day War, there was um, uh, the first Antifada, the second Antifada. So all of these things have displaced Palestinians to where they ended up in refugee camps. And and our you know our, my my one of my best friends, his family was was one of those families that had been uprooted and moved to mm-hmm. a, a, a refugee camp in Jordan, and their family lost all of their their familial land, mm-hmm. and because they were they were tex- technically absentee owners because they were essentially fleeing from, from war, they could, not, they, they could not maintain their, their claim over the land. You know, of course, if no one maintains a claim over the land, then people will just come in and, and take it. And that's what's happened over time. And if you look at the map of Palestinian-held land over the course of years, it has increasingly shrunk because of these types of situations. So this, these past couple of weeks is a great example. You can go in and you can bomb the crap out of, out of the Gaza Strip, or you can go in and, and bomb the crap out of, uh, of, of Jerusalem. And hey, those people that are, that are trying to stay there, they're trying to live their lives, they're they're in a position where if they stay in those areas, their 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 property has been destroyed, their families, people have been killed. So where do you go? You're in a walled-in area within was considered your own homeland, and if you leave, you're going to lose it. If you stay, you're probably still going to lose it, and you know you don't have the ability to come back and walk into an Israeli court and fight for your own land and have a fair shot at it. And that's I think that's one of the biggest injustices that has happened there is that you don't have the ability to have a fair shot at, you know, even having the conversation about your land. It's no longer your land. Um, and it's, it just, it's, it's one, it's one challenge after another to try to get uh, both the Palestinian government, which has been, you know, changed over the course of years. Hamas is in leadership now, but the PLO was in leadership, you know, up until I believe it was 2011. Um, it might have been even before that. But, um, but you know, you've got two very different ideologies that have governed the Palestinian government, and it just, it, it, it's just never-ending conflict about, about land and about property rights and about ownership, not about, not about people. Right. 
it's the disregard for people for me. Like, whatever. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just don't think that this this should be fighting for two weeks over. And it should have been resolved back then. Period. End of story. This this shouldn't be going on now. But that's just whatever. Anyway. Um, I hope, and I know who you're talking about. It's not gonna I hope his family safe. Yeah, is his family okay? His family safe, but they have, they have relatives who have who have died and and um, oh. over there, um, cousins and they. I mean, they still have a ton of family that live there. So, um, so yeah, it's it's a challenge because you know there's uh, there's there's people involved, but it, it's it's treated like it's a you know it's a, a land issue and it's. You know, I, I, that's that's part of the struggle. You don't you don't know when it's going to end, and you don't know when someone's going to come to some kind of favorable agreement that's going to stop all this nonsensical fighting. Yeah, I just I hope one of the generations figures this out because people that aren't even involved with this are getting hurt now, and I mean, I mean, it just it kind of needs to end. And it's funny when I was doing the research for all of this, I was thinking, you know what? It's not so bad here in the U.S. Not so bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, holy crap. Yeah. Well, in the U.S., for what it's worth, the U.S. gives a ton of money to Israel. So their, mm. their ability to, to build up one of the most technologically proficient and powerful militaries in the world has been almost completely funded by the U.S., um, Great Britain to some extent, even, you know, even Russia to some degree. But there's been so much money pumped in to provide them with the ability to have one of the world's most powerful militaries, despite being one of the smaller countries in the world. And Mm -hmm. it just makes it that much harder for anyone who's trying to, you know, to try to, to, to make a peaceful accord in this situation to be able to say, all right, we're going to stop the fighting. Because the, the, re, the reality of it is, if you're a Palestinian and you, you know, you're launching these rockets and the Iron Dome, which is oh. their defense system, is just shooting down these, these rockets and, and, you know, every once in a while one gets through and, you know, and, and, you know, and the, the response is extremely disproportionate to where they're bombing whatever they can and claiming that they're trying to take out Hamas hiding spots and, you know, Hamas weapons depots and all that stuff. But the response is so indiscriminate because they just simply have much better technology. They have the ability mm-hmm. to exert their will in a way that the Palestinians never will. They're throwing rocks and bottles and launching, you know, whatever yep. homemade missile launchers they can, and they're being taken out by technology that rivals the United States technology in terms of, uh, of weaponry. So it's just it, it's really, really tough to watch this type of situation unfold and the type of injustice that happens there um, without necessarily, you know, picking sides and saying, how do we come up to a, a peaceful conclusion to this? What do we do to, to resolve this? And I don't have it reminds me, it reminds me of watching a fight. And this sounds like really simplistic, but if people want to put it in perspective, imagine rewatching um, Wonder Woman where, the Germans came on to um, the mascara and they had the, the guns and they're shooting and the Amazons had bows and arrows. Imagine like how many died because they just had bows and arrows and the other people had guns. 
that's that's kind yeah. of a comparison, you know, like exactly. It's, it's sad. It, it it's even worse because they these people don't have bows and arrows. They have rocks and bottles. Like what are they gonna? That's not gonna yeah. hurt the police. <laughs> that's not gonna hurt anybody. So, um, but imagine, yeah, just, imagine, imagine it even flip the script even more. Imagine that you go into this area, right? And you've got this, this, this group of people with bows and arrows and you, you, mm-hmm. you say, listen, I'm just going to, I'm going to take this house from you. Sorry. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And then, they, and then they take your house and then you start shooting arrows at them. Cause you're like, you can't take my house. And then they drop mm-hmm. a, a nuclear bomb on your, on your house. And right. now they don't, now there's no house there. And they're just like, Oh look, now we have some clean land to build. So like, it, it, like I said, the, Unbelievable. disproportionate response to a mm-hmm. group of people that really just don't have the, the capability to defend themselves or to, you know, to exert any kind of political will because they just simply aren't, aren't strong enough. It's, um, it's, it's sad to watch. And, and that's why the conversation just, you know, it continues to get, I don't want to say brushed aside because it's not brushed aside by a lot of people, but um, you know, there's no, there hasn't been any, I would say there hasn't been any progress. They've been close to an agreement. They've been close to, you know, to coming to some kind of conciliation over it, but they're just not reaching the point where both sides have been able to, um, to live harmoniously together the way that, uh, you know, they did before, you know, I would say colonial powers got involved in the conversation. And we need to, because this is affecting gener. This is like going on, like I, like I've said, far too long. This should have been resolved a long time ago. People are getting hurt left and right. Generations are being affected. Like imagine settling into your home. You finally have your home or it's a home that generations of your family has grown up in and now it's gone. All because you couldn't yeah. resolve something that long ago. Like this has to stop. Yep. It's ridiculous. Um Another hard topic. There's going to be a couple of hard topics we're going to talk about. Um, less, um, less abrasive, though. Um, I call it skirts in Spain. <laughs> uh, two teachers in Spain had witnessed a male student bully another student who was wearing a, a, a manga motif hoodie. I'm not even sure what a manga motif hoodie is, but um, witnessed this and decided, you know what, this is ridiculous. Clothes don't have gender, and we've talked about this multiple times before um, on this podcast. So then a couple of teachers started, those two teachers along with others, started wearing skirts to work. And this isn't the first time it's happened either. It happened last October or November, I believe. And a... Another student was wearing, actually came into school with a skirt on and was bullied. So then teachers in another school in Spain decided to wear skirts in support of him. Hello, can you imagine if our teachers supported us like this? Jeez, believe. Um, Wait, let me go one step the, further. That student, that student was also expelled and given, like, get, like mm-hmm. told to like, get psychological help or like, given psychological went counseling. To the, Not, yep, went to the school psychologist, yep. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, um, and then, of course, these teachers stepped up in solidarity. But Sad that the teachers had to step up. So don't you think that it, it's kind of sad that the, 
well, the adults had to be adults, I guess. They shouldn't have had to, but I'm glad they did. Because so often we hear stories about teachers not stepping up and teachers not helping kids when they need it. So it, it sounds, it's, it feels good to read a story where the teachers are stepping up. And um, yeah, but it goes back to our topic. Clothing should not have gender, period, end of story. People are willing to um, mess up a kid's psyche over a skirt when it's just a freaking skirt. Men wear dresses in other countries, full on, not like halter dresses or whatever, but head to toe, they're covered, and it's, that's considered a dress. I mean, like... <laughs> I don't understand what the big deal is here. I don't get it. What What is our deal? Like, I don't know. Well, if you look um, at just that fashion over the course of history and what people mm-hmm. have worn, uh, tra- you know, traditionally in whatever era you want to pick, there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's these norms that are now, you know, that are, are crystallized today Whereas, you know, a uh, hundred years ago, um, well, not a hundred years ago, 150 years ago, when Victorian, the Victorian era kind of mm-hmm. blossomed, and they, I think they, they, they took a lot of these norms and made them into what we see today, which is, you know, mm-hmm. women should be in dresses, should be in, in, in suits and, and, you know, top hats and all this weird shit, but... Um, but that's the problem is that, you know, over the course of, of human history and what people have worn, there's, there, has no been, there, there hasn't been a, a defined characteristic about clothes that, that make one more appropriate than the other. It's just mm-hmm. now it's, it's become, you know, this, this hypersensitive, uh, you know, issue for some reason that, you know, that people want to make a stand and they want to make an example out of people and just to, me wear whatever you want it's so funny how people people say oh you know things were so great back make america great again well back in the day americans well they weren't americans yet but they were pilgrims they came from england and in england the men wore wig and powder on their faces do we want to go back all the way there like (laughs) but at the same time we're not growing either. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like we're, we're so far ahead of other countries in the world and we're so far behind at the same time. Like well, Scottish people, Scottish, you know, Scottish traditional guard, they wear kilts. What's, is that, is that offensive? With no underwear that, underneath. Hello. Yeah. I, I mean, is that, is that a problem? No, I mean, people in the not. United States That's do it you know, when when they're marching in parades and mm-hmm. uh, and wearing a kilt, and you don't you don't see people mm-hmm. coming out saying take off that 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 skirt. Skirt. It's not right. for for you. It's I mean, we have like we have the ability to discern those you know those characteristics, mm-hmm. um, and act reasonably. And for some reason, we don't. You know, what clearly I think Spain doesn't either. <laughs> I think people feel threatened when their normatives are challenged. Like seeing a man in a skirt, you like women, and women wear skirts. So if you see a man in a skirt, 
well, do I now like men? No, no, no. Get that man out of a skirt. I don't want to, I don't want to, no, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to have to think about that. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think it is. That's what I think it is. Yeah, it could be. Um, it definitely could be. Joe, I'm not just a pretty face. I'm smart, too. Anyways. <laughs> I say that all the time. Um, oh, brothers. About myself. So, yeah, um, and you, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. The last serious topic we have before we move on to some, like, lighter lighter things. Um, a 19-year-old girl decided when she saw a guy, first this older guy saw her driving her car. He, like, followed her into a parking lot, catcalling her. And she finally said, you know, she rolled down the window, she's like, you know, what are you doing? Why are you following me? And he's like, you're pretty. And she's like, yeah, I'm 17. She was 19, but she lied to protect herself. This is not cool at all. Like, no matter what age she is, this is not cool. And so she posted it up, and apparently his family saw and is ashamed of him. But um, the backstory with her is the reason why she did that was because she um, was sexually assaulted by an older person in her family. And she's now like on the alert whenever she's like around older men, she just, she lies about her age just to get them, you know, to shoo away. Um, What are your thoughts on this situation? Not like this situation particularly, but like catcalling and what it means to like, I don't know. I guess I have, I have two things to say about it, but but you go ahead first. Well, you know, catcalling is uh, again is a tale as old as time. I think we've mm. we've gotten to the point where um, where a lot of women feel that it's offensive, and mm. part of you know part of the 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 conundrum here is that you've got a lot of women who aren't necessarily offended by it. Mm-hmm. And so it re it reinforces this, this notion that, you know, you, you have to roll the dice to, to, you know, to see if, if the person that you're driving by or walking by or, or, or observing, um, you have to roll the dice to see if they're, you know, if they're interested by catcalling. So I, I think that, that, that reinforces the problem a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, pers- personally, I don't think it's it's appropriate. I, I mean, it's not something that I engage. Well, of course, I, I don't have to engage in it because I'm married. But I, you know, I, maybe I can't call my wife and see how she thinks how it goes. But um, oh, she she'd punch I, you. I, she probably would. She probably would. She mm-hmm. she's not the type that um, that that takes kindly to you know to people <laughs> making un uh, 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 unrequested overtures. So. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to how do you handle it? Because it's not, it's mm. not something that we've gotten to the point societally where it's, you know, it's not going to happen. It's how do you handle it and how do you handle it appropriately mm. to hopefully prevent that same person from maybe doing it to somebody else. Um, mm-hmm. But also, you know, just for your own, you know, for your own safety and for your own security so that you don't feel that you're being harassed in a situation because, you know, you don't know where that situation could escalate. And that's, to me, that's the scariest part. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to, to cat call and, you know, and, and 
think that you're you're hitting on somebody, um, some weird, you know, yelling <laughs> compliment. I guess is the best way to put. It. Um, but it's another thing to, um, you know, when that response then triggers that person to, you know, to to do something that is even more aggressive. Um, so you want to, you know, my my hope is that you know people will find ways to confront this where it won't turn into a story um, and that people will learn from it and say, you know, maybe this is not the most appropriate way to try to approach people and mm-hmm. you know, maybe I should just try to have a conversation with somebody that I'm interested in instead of just rolling up and saying, whatever it is. So how do we feel about women catcalling men then? I think it's two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 you can't, you can't treat someone with disrespect, in my opinion, and, and think that, you know, that most people are going to be okay with it. Um, and I, I think that doesn't matter whether it's men or women. You're, mm-hmm. You know, if you're interested in somebody, like I said, go and talk to them and find out if there's actually any value, you know, valuable connection between the two. But um, just catcalling people and saying that you're attractive. I mean, that's our, that's our first... Obviously, that's our first, as, you know, as humans, that's our kind of our, our baseline for how we approach situations where there is someone who we're attracted to. But at the same time, um, you know, I think there's a better approach to find out if there's more than just the, you know, the attraction based on appearance. And if, you know, if, if you're male or female, um, you know, looking at somebody else that you might be attracted to, having having the ability to form some type of, of genuine connection is to me doesn't start with whistling at them or telling them, you know, Hey, I, you know, I think you're hot or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it, I think, I think it goes, I think it goes both ways. There's, there's really no, for me, there's no delineation of which one is, you know, worse or which one's better or which one is more appropriate. I don't think it's appropriate in either situation. I think we need to go back to the days of, when people would um, <laughs> go on Craigslist and say, I, I, I saw a really hot person on the train and I wanted to talk to them, but I was too shy. We need to go back to those days. Or just simply like taking a, a creeper picture of them and posting it on your social media. Both of them are acceptable. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so wait, so wait you are saying to make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, No, I mean, listen, you can't have everybody that you want, first of all. Let's just, like, get that out of the way. If you did, you'd be Mm -hmm. a big old hoe. So if you see somebody, like, for me, I'll be 100% honest. When I was on the tee, when I used to go on the tee a lot, I would sneak a creeper pic, and I'd, like, put it on my social and be like, oh, this guy's cute. I wouldn't approach him. Is that right for me to do? Probably not. But um, there have been a couple of times when, like, oh, that's my friend. And then I contacted the guy. Well, he reached out, and we were talking, and we're on friendly terms. But I don't know. I just – I personally don't want to make people feel – like, if I, if I turn it around, how would I feel? If somebody took right. a creeper picture of me and said, this person's cute, honey, I would be like, oh, my God, look at that. You know, I'd I, I love that. Um, maybe somebody else wouldn't. That's fine. But 
I definitely do not like when someone approaches me and says something like degrading. Like, right. and, and it's funny, people are much, people can't call me more online than they do in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because they know in person it's a little bit more disrespectful, but online they know if I, if I don't like what they say, they can just leave and, and never see me again. I have been catcalled in person, though. It's been kind of strange and uncomfortable, but I, what I do is I ignore it. I just pretend I don't hear them. Like, what, what am I going to do? Like, I, I'm sorry. If you catcall me, you're catcalling some other girl, and I, I'm, I'm not like that. I'm not going to – sorry. No, I think, it's, I think that's weird. Um, I've so also – So this, I, I have a follow-up question to that. Does it okay, matter if the person that's that's catcalling is someone that you also find attractive? So no. That I, and let me preface this by saying that go ahead. Someone, uh, one of my friends posted on on Facebook that um, if someone popped up in your DMs and it was this like good looking guy, you know, swarthy, good looking guy that um, you know that that you know kind of has the traditional handsome face, right? And then the other mm-hmm. pick was like some, you know, someone who is less attractive, overweight, you know, you know, blotchy skin, like just mm-hmm. someone that is not what people would consider traditionally uh, attractive. And so, if if those two faces popped up in your DMs, would you be inclined to be receptive to the one that's attractive just because they did that, or is it is it are they treated the same? You know, is it is it equal? Um, for me, Are you equally one, well, for me, I'll, I'll be 100% honest. It's all about how he talks to me there right now. I can tell you there is a guy that I'm talking to that I feel is attractive, but I'm sure other people will think he's not, but the way he talks to me, I'm totally into it. He, and I'm not saying, like, he says what I want, want to hear. He's just respectful. And what I mean by respectful is I've talked to the very hot guy, guy who, like, looks like he's a model. Every single time I've talked to that guy, three hours into talking with him, or even three minutes sometimes, he wants to see certain kind of pictures. He wants to talk about certain kind of things. It's always the same with those type of guys. So when I see a really attractive guy pop up in my DM, my guard goes way the fuck up. Because I'm like, here we go. How long is it going to – it's like a game in my head. How long will it take him to be inappropriate? The guy that's less attractive – and I'm even talking, like, through um, texting back and forth with someone who isn't, quote, conventionally gorgeous. But, honey, I'm not either. He has been, we've been talking on and off for three months, and he has just been so respectful and honest and nice. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for someone who's going to talk to me like I'm some thing. So it depends on how he, how he responds to me, period, point blank, that's it. And I'll I think that's how, a lot of people, that's how a lot of people receive catcalling. There's a lot of women mm-hmm. out there or men out there that – 
get catcalled and they're like, why are you treating me like I'm just some object? Mm-hmm. And then there's others that are like, wow, I'm flattered, you know? So, right. And if it's somebody who, who's attractive to them, you know, depending on, on which person you are, you know, th- that might make you immediately unattracted to them if you're the type mm-hmm. of person that's like, this is gross. Like, this person just rolls up like that, gross. And then if you're the type of person that is flattered by it, you might be like, oh, I'm going to walk over to their car. You know, I'm going to say hi. I'm going I'm to chat with them. Right. So I think it, I, you know, like I said, I think it comes down to the person and how they, you know, how they interpret it. And if they're receptive yeah. to it, then it's on them to be receptive to it. Um, they're not. You know, then they they're the ones who have to who have to make it known that this is something that they don't feel is is appropriate to them. Um, but also, you know, being cautious of the fact that people are nuts. You never know what kind of mm-hmm. response you're going to get from some you know from some wacko or from someone random that's rolling up on you. And plus, it has to like, what is he catcalling? Is the guy saying, "Hey, baby, come to my house. I'll show you a good time." That's disgusting. I don't know you. That's gross. Or is it, hey, beautiful, I love your hair. Or you got, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, it has to, I have to also take into consideration what he's saying, how I react. If it's the first one, I'm pissing yeah. him off. If it's the second one, like, hey, beautiful, have a nice day, I'm going to turn around and be like, you too. That, that's, that's okay. I mean, it, it, that's not a, they're both cat calls, but one is a lot more respectful. And, but, at the same token, that guy saying, you know, something nice and sweet, I have to keep in mind, he said something nice and sweet to me, but also probably someone else. So I don't think yeah. I'm going to pursue anything. I'm just going to thank him and move on. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's just me. Um, what movies or TV shows have you watched recently? Well, we're, just, we're flipping right to it. Um, all right. <laughs> we're going, we're going um, to the... Those are our hard topics. Now we're going to the good stuff. All right, good. Um, not not that I mind either one. Yeah, I know. Let's see. What did I want? Oh, I went and saw a Quiet Place too. How was it? Boy, that was. It was good. It was good. I liked it. Um, I I really liked the first one. Um, because <laughs> I I I just think John Krasinski is he's just a good dude. He just strikes me as like a good dude. Um, yeah, and he was, you know, he and was he's good in this movie. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we need more of our uh, massive massholes to 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 do good things. But um, yeah. it was it was a really really good movie. It was kind of um, it was very tense, and mm-hmm. um, it was good. But it was good. It was it was intriguing. Um, who was the other guy? Cole. Um, Cole Meany, um, one from Twenty Eight Days Later. He was good in it too. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was. I thought. It, I thought it was interesting. It was a very interesting movie. And um, you know, you think about you know that you think about these kind of post-apocalyptic movies where uh, you know the, mm-hmm. the shit hits the fan and people have to people have to test their humanity. It's really it's really interesting to watch how that plays out in a movie like that. And um, and where there isn't a ton of dialogue because you have like this movie is about everyone being quiet. Um, so these, these monsters don't hear them and then attack them. It was, it was interesting. I liked it. We'll have to talk about um, it offline. Cause I want some spoilers. I don't mind getting spoilers. I want them. I want them. 
Okay. So we'll have to talk about that on offline. Um, what else did you watch? Happy to help. Um, I also watched, um, I'm almost fully caught up with Ballers. I'm almost done watching Ballers. Nice. Um, yeah, I've, I'm, I've, I was on a uh, John David Washington kick. You know, I watched Tenet again. Yeah. And, uh, mm. I'm watching John David Washington. I, I, I'm, I'm really, um, you know, I'm a big fan of The Rock, too. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it took me until season three to find out this was actually based off of like a real dude. Um, mm-hmm. So that kind of adds a layer to the to the story because they always have all these famous athletes on there, so that's really cool. But um, now they added now I add an element of like, oh, this, some of this might have like actually kind of happened this way. And the probably the be- the biggest benefit of this season in particular um, is that they they're talking about moving the Raiders, which is my favorite team, they're talking about moving them to, uh, you know, to, to Las Vegas. So that actually is what happened um, with the Raiders. They, they moved to Las Vegas. So it was, uh, it was very interesting to, uh, to see how, how it plays out in a, t- in a TV show that's kind of fiction, but not fiction and kind of based on a real story. But so I'm, I'm, I'm always like wondering, like, what's the real story? Here? What's what mm-hmm. really happened? It's kind of cool. So I love it. It's a good show. It's entertaining. I tried. I couldn't do it. It just it didn't capture me. And I love me some John David Washington. Like he is. Oh, sorry. He will probably be one of my days at some point. Um, but I just couldn't get into the show. I don't know why. Okay. I don't know why. Not your not your thing. Not your thing. No. No. Is it the sports Anything aspect else? goes yeah. It was well. First of all, I didn't like seeing my bae have sex with somebody that wasn't me. Um, but oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I just I tried to watch it, and it just felt too like, bro. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, backing up a little bit, did you like Tenant? Because I hated that movie. Absolutely hated it. So I'm kind of nerdy in that way where, like, like it's, to me, it's like Inception, watching a movie like that where you have to, where it forces oh, you to really, like, like, struggle to understand it. Um, yeah. But Tenet was like, I love Tenet. I thought it was fantastic. Um, mm. But I think, I think anyone who watches it, you have to watch it twice. Because the first time you, you go through it, you're like, what did I just, what the hell just happened? Exactly. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, so the storytelling of the movie is, you know, it's, it's kind of classic Christopher Nolan where you're just like, you're watching it. There's lots of action. There's moving parts. And you like, there's stuff that I, I have to miss. It's like, even as, uh, when you watch Memento, which is like one of his mm-hmm. first movies, um, his first, at least his first major motion picture. Um, yep. You're watching it and you're like, "What the hell am I watching right now?" Mm-hmm. And then you know you get the, you get the payoff at the end, which is great. Yeah. But that's the that's the thing about Tenet is this is like a to me a far more complex version of of a story than he's told before, and that's why that's kind of why I loved it. It's just very very. Um, it, it's very disorienting watching it because you're like, all right, so wait a minute. There's, 
these things, the timeline is like folded in half. Is that kind of how mm-hmm. to look at it? Like it, it? You have to struggle to really understand what's actually happening. And that's, that's part of why I loved it. And I didn't mind the special effects and the bullet coming out. You're about to see the bullet come out, and then it does. I'm, I'm okay with all that. But I'm just like, what, what is the purpose of this freaking movie? I, have to, I guess I have to rewatch it then because I, I was just, like, so lost. And I'm usually a Nolan fan. I loved, loved Inception. I've, Inception is one of my favorite movies of all time. I could watch that every week and be, like, enthralled every time. Uh, my favorite part, for some reason, um, the scene where Mal's about to, like, jump, and she's just so manipulative. I'm just like, oh, my God, what a bitch. I just loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Um, insomnia. That was good with, um, uh, was that Pacino and what's his buckets? Uh, Robert, Robert, or Robin. Robin, Robin Williams. Yeah. Robin Williams, yeah. That, that was like, oh, my God. Like, first of all, I didn't know what town like that existed. Like, I had no idea it was daytime, like, 24 hours. And secondly, like, Robin Williams is a bad guy? What? Like, I don't know. That was weird. That was creepy. It was good. Yeah, very. The Prestige, though, oh, my, I could, like, I, I got to rewatch that. Another good Nolan. But Interstellar and Tenet, mm, not so much. Not so much. Um, and I liked, I liked Interstellar, too, for the same reason. Uh, Interstellar, I, th- I thought he was just being... You know what I felt like? I felt like he said, okay, I want to go... I want to do a film in outer space. So let me create one. And I'm just like, okay, first of all, no. Second of all, no. <laughs> I just... <laughs> He made up for it with Dunkirk, but I wasn't. I Dunkirk did not feel Interstellar. Awesome. Dunkirk was awesome. It really was, and it and it set itself up. Well, in my mind, um, what was that movie with Gary Oldman played Winston Churchill? Um, I can't think of it. But after I watched Dunkirk, it filled in the blank for me when I was watching that movie. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Had I not watched Dunkirk first, the um, Gary Oldman movie, it would have made sense, but it, it didn't fully, it wouldn't have fully made sense. So, yeah, I was, I was happy that Dunkirk was made. But Inception's my favorite movie from him. And, of course, all three Batman movies were fantastic off the charts. Um, was that it? Was that it? Was that all that you um, you watched? That's all the big stuff. That's all the big stuff that okay. I can remember. Okay. That's what fine. about you? What do you got? Uh, all right. You're going to laugh at me, but I don't even care right now. I had to sit through the very last episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and I was beside myself. Um. I've watched this show since episode one, season one, and it's just been a mainstay in my life. And so seeing the end of it, I'm like, oh, my God, it feels like the end of an era. Um, 
And then also the end of Pose. And and so it's like two really big, big influences in my life, a show that taught me how to be bougie and then a show that represented me as a trans woman ended in one week. And it was a tough week for me. No, just kidding. Um, no, but Pose really, <laughs> Pose really got to me. Um, seeing that end really, really sucked. But, um, yeah, um, I rewatched one of my favorite movies called The Interpreter with Nicole Kidman, which is just so amazing. I freaking love that movie. And I also watched In the Heights from Lynn Manuel Miranda. Or is it Lynn Miranda? I'm so excited to see that. I can't remember. It was good. I'm not going to lie to you. It was good. Thank you for correcting me because I I always confuse it. Um, And just to let everybody know, in the Heights, first of all, it felt very West Side Story without a rivalry, but also it was a play first. It, like, was nominated and won awards on Broadway back in the early 2000s. So this isn't a new concept for him. He just brought it to the big screen. And he played um, um, U.S. Navi. Uh, don't ask about the name, please. It's... <laughs> His name is U.S. Navi. I swear to God. And when you find out how he got the name, it is freaking hysterical. Um, but he, uh, he played the role that, of the lead character when it was on Broadway. So now he kind of handed the mantle to somebody from his Hamilton um, cast, uh, Anthony Ramos, who plays this role like he, like he originated it. Like, I, I can't even tell you how amazing he is in this role. And it was so good. And the woman who plays Abuela steals that whole freaking movie. She was so good. Oh, my gosh. She was so good. She better win and be nominated for an Oscar next year because she was fantastic. Um, Yeah, I was just – I really liked it. I think you will love it. I think you will love it. And your stepdaughter can watch it with you guys. So it's not like – overtly sexual. It's not like there's no innuendo. It's just about a dreamer and living the American dream. That's what it basically is. And it's Washington okay. Heights. Washington Heights. you got to say it like that. Um, <laughs> all right. I, did, I, I saw that in the preview. I'm like, all right, I'll, yeah. I, I can get on board, whatever, however i got to <laughs> pronounce it. So good. And I have a couple of friends who are Puerto Rican. They're Dominican in this film, but I have a lot of friends who are Puerto Rican. Let me tell you something. I've been to their cookouts. This is exactly the same thing. The cookouts are amazing. The neighborhoods are so authentic. Like, it is so good. So, so, so good. Um, And it really taught, you know what, it really had me, why can't, and I know I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. We don't have a movie that represents the black culture without it being dramatic or extremely funny. We have Friday, which talk about, like, you know, living kind of in middle-class black neighborhood, but we don't have, like, a movie, like, in the Heights where you see, like, 
the black neighborhoods with the ice cream truck and the cookouts and and it's not extremely funny and it's not making fun of black people. It's just being real. And I just realized that when I'm watching this movie that this movie is such a big deal because it's showing the na- the the Spanish neighborhood how it is. Like this shouldn't be a big deal. It really shouldn't. See, I but think it Spike is. Lee did that. I think Spike Lee did a big a great mm-hmm. job of that in his movies. But it kind of felt like we were making fun of them. Like, it kind of felt like we were making fun of the the black community a little bit. And I want to show, like, uh, I want to see real. I want to see, like, yes, we we have red or grape Kool-Aid. Yes, we call it red or grape. I don't know why we don't call it purple. I don't know why. We just call it grape. I don't understand it. But it's funny. And I get it. And that part is uh, real. But what what about how... The three women on the stoop know everybody's business and take care of everybody in the neighborhood. You know, where are you going? I saw you last night with some so-and-so. Who's that? Like, they weren't doing that to be nosy. They were doing that to take care because maybe they didn't have kids or maybe their kids moved away. And, and so now the neighborhood kids are their kids. Like, there's stuff about the black neighborhoods that people don't even know because they haven't been portrayed on a mainstream scale, like, I don't know. Maybe right, I'll, I'll send you some recommendations it. afterwards. I'll, I'll send okay. you some recommendations, and you can improve upon the wheel. Think. See, I like the way you think I like sometimes. Um, All right. All right. So, in the hype, and then another big thing that I did was I saw all of the Conjuring Universe movies. I know you saw that on Facebook. I was watching all of them. Um, there's a certain order to watch those movies because there's eight of them. Yeah. And I, I found out the order and I watched them in order. I'm going to be 100% honest. They are not as scary as I thought they were. No. They are, no. I thought that they would be like, like Saw. But no, nothing like Saw. And, and it's a true story. Like, it's based on actual people. And that made it even better for me. Um, my favorite of the series, so there was Annabelle, there's The Nun, there's The Conjuring. There's three Conjuring movies, there's three Nun movies, there's um, La Cruza, I can't remember, La Lor- Lorina, or something like that. And then there's another movie... Yeah, yeah. Um, the Nun is two more Nun movies. Um, there's another movie, though. Crap. There's three Annabelle, something else. The three Annabelle movies were my favorite because they were the most consistent. But can I just tell you, and I know you saw me post about this on Facebook, the kids in all of these movies drove me bonkers. They were so fucking <laughs> stupid. They were the dumbest kids on the planet. There was this one scene, and this is not giving anything away. Something was hap- like something was happening in a house, and it was very spooky. And this girl goes, "I think we should leave." And this other girl goes, "Nah, I think I want to stay." Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Get the hell out of that room! Yeah. And of course, she ended up like shit happened. But I'm just like, these kids are so dumb. And then there was this other scene where this this house was possessed, and the kid goes, he's like, I'm going to stand up to this ghost. I'm like, sweetie, you're four foot ten. Get the fuck out of there. You're not a big dude. 
stop. Don't go in that room. Of course, he didn't listen to me. And he went in the fucking room. And I just, ugh. It was so frustrating watching these movies, knowing that kids are really that stupid. Because let me tell you something. Stand why, and I've said this before, I understand why black people aren't in these movies. Because if we hear a noise in the kitchen, honey, we're out the front door. We are not going near that fucking kitchen. You crazy? But are isn't that what insane? makes scary movies, the scary movies, so funny? Yelling at the screen? Like, I, I yelled. I'm like, dude, don't go in there. And he didn't even hear me. He didn't even listen. No. But that's what makes those, the scary movie series so funny. Is like... They take all these these tropes and all these things that are like yeah. you know that are are, are I, I, in some cases they're necessary plot devices. In others, it's like True. come on, you couldn't think of a better way to to make that. Like come on, you better than that. Um, right. But I, I, that's what makes those movies so funny is that they take all of those silly things that happen in scary movies and they 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 make it so it's like all right, this is really funny and boy, every time you see it from now on, you're going to be like, this is really dumb. Why are they doing this? Mm-hmm. Or like this woman came in and she had a thing to do and she walked into the room and there's shit happening and she's standing there watching it. I'm like, bitch, do what you got to do. What are you waiting for? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. It just grates at my, and she's like, oh. I'm like, bitch, if you don't start doing what you got to do, save this man. And I'm just like, what? It, that I would rather see an intelligent movie. And what I mean by intelligent was maybe she does what she needs to do and it takes a second to kick in. Or maybe she does what she needs to do, but there's still danger, so she reaches out to try to help. I don't, I, I don't mind that stuff. But what I mind is, like, the dumb shit. The dumb, like, the dumb shit drives me bonkers as a scriptwriter yeah. and as just like a fan. I get you're trying to do like have a scene be dramatic. But God, we need to get away from that stuff was done back in the day. We need to evolve. We need to be smarter. You know, like maybe she does one thing but it's not the full thing, so something else happens. Like just ooh it just drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. And what really drives me nuts even more than anything. I got briefs for this one. So there is crazy shit happening in this house. Crazy shit left and right. Unexpected phenomenon. And then a person tells another person, this new thing happened. And then that person says, oh, I don't know. The person doesn't believe them. So everything else that happened in front of you, you believe. But this one new thing, you know, so I was, I was like, I'm going to stop. I almost stopped watching one of the movies. I'm like, I'm going to stop because this is frustrating me. <laughs> so I get too into things, Joe. That's the, but that's horror movies for you. They, they, they fall back on their, their, their tried and true. It's like, it's like watching uh, Friday the 13th or, or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street or, or Halloween when we were kids. They fall back on those same things. Something jumps out. Oh, that wasn't the real thing you should be scared of. Oh, what's what's over there? I should keep going over there. It's like the same stuff over and over again. Friday the 13th annoyed me. Here's why. This man is walking slowly. He's not jogging. He's not speed walking. 
He's walking slowly. Someone running. All of a sudden, he gets in front of them and kills them. How the fuck did he do that? Does he have teleportation? Like, I don't understand how that happened. That series bothered the hell out of me. Even as a kid, I wasn't scared. I was pissed. I was like, how the hell he do that? Like, I was that kid. <laughs> like, how the hell did the mom jump out of the water? How long she been in the water? Like, <laughs> seriously, I don't... is she a mermaid? Like, <laughs> I just can't. Scuba I gear. can't deal with it. Scuba gear. Uh, anyway. Um, the key is scuba gear. Just, I, I guess so. Like, uh-huh. but I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, those were the things I was watching. Um, yeah, so before we end it, what was your Eva Mendez moment that you had this past week? Uh, so Friday night, mm-hmm. I had a chance to, they had a, a little celebration for a classmate of ours that passed away. And okay. his dad just kind of put together like a little barbecue and, yeah. um, it was really, really somber because, mm-hmm. you know, we're recognizing that someone, you know, all, you know, one of our peers has, uh, has passed away, but I will tell you, it mm-hmm. was, it was so refreshing to have so many people that also had really, really funny stories, good mm-hmm. stories, um, positive moments. Um, but mm. the biggest thing, the biggest thing was that uh, because he was a teacher, a lot of his former students and former wrestlers had Aww. also come in and, and told stories. And this one kid was just talking about how, you know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have survived. Like, he wouldn't even be here. Um, and how this, you know, this relationship with this teacher and this coach changed his life. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really, it, you know, we, we, you know, you got these other students there that were telling similar stories, but this one kid, um, you could just tell it was like, it, it, you know, he's crying. It, it just really hit home for him, mm-hmm. um, just how much, how much, you know, it, it meant to have a relationship with this really, you know, positive influence on him. And and to me, that was really, really heartfelt. Um, mm-hmm. It was good to hear, and it just makes me think about. You know, you never know what someone's takeaway is going to be from their interactions with you. So why not right. try to make it as positive as possible, you know? Mm-hmm. Why not try to try to be that, that positive force in someone's life or that positive influence or even just a positive conversation or compliment that, um, you know, that turns someone's life around or that makes them say, hey, you know what, this person really cares. They really, they really give a shit. Um, it's just nice. That's it's nice amazing. to see that. So that was my Eva Mendez moment. I'm glad you were there for that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, my moment happened, and it doesn't involve a celebrity this time, although a celebrity did reach out. But anyway, um, I was in this guy's <laughs> live who I'd never been in his TikTok live before ever. Um, very attractive black guy. Uh, you want to follow him, Carolina Blue, Carolina spelled with a K, Carolina Blue Z919. Never been in his live before. Um, typically, I've not had the greatest experience 
um, with because of the, you know, being trans and some, not all black men, obviously, but some black men are very, like, transphobic, homophobic, whatever. So I'm in this guy's live, and he is doing a dual live with someone. And they're talking about how people act on Snapchat. And they were specifically saying how a guy, a couple of guys reached out to them and how the guys were really, like, sexual. And he's like, nah, dude, I'm into girls, blah, blah, blah. And and he's like, yeah, he was really going at me, like, asking me if I would, like, do – if he wanted to – if he would allow me to do things or whatever. And I was like, would you have that same energy if it was a woman? And he goes, yeah, I would, I would have that same energy. This guy said, hey, this girl, Emmy Morgan, she's actually a trans woman. She actually said this. I don't know why he announced I was a trans woman. I don't know, whatever. He, he goes, um, yeah, she actually asked if I would have the same energy with, um, if it was a woman. He goes, yes, I would because no other dudes like this. I don't appreciate that. And then the other guy in the other live said, yeah, I think that's gross. They never once shamed me for being trans. They never once told me to get out of the live. They never once said, oh, um, I'm not gay or whatever. They just treated me like I was normal. And so I actually thanked him. And I said, you know, I appreciate you with, you know, being respectful of me. And he said, this is a safe space. And I was like, yo, I can't believe he just said that. This guy, like, it made my day. It made my day that this total stranger told me that. And I was like, wow, that is amazing. That that, that made my whole whole day. So now I talk to him on the regular. But Sorry, what were you going to say? There we go. Yeah. No, I said that was awesome. Yeah, I was, like, so impressed. So, yeah, now we talk all the time. And he's a good dude. He's a good dude. I'm not going to lie. Um, shout out. Do you have any shout outs before we go? Uh, I do want to give a shout out to, uh, my, my wonderful stepdaughter for graduating kindergarten and shout out to her starting. She had been there and I just want to give you just kind of like a little bit of background. She had been there Mm -hmm. for six years, all of her six years. She'd gone in uh, to this, to the school that she was at, like a, started daycare and then went into like the kindergarten there, the preschool mm-hmm. and kindergarten there. And she had been there for six years. So wow. this was like all she, all she knew. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm really proud of her and she's moving onward and upward and going to, uh, going to a Catholic school next year. And so she's going to have mm-hmm. some, some changes and some adjustments to make, but she's a, she's, she's a, a wonderful uh, human being in general. And mm-hmm. she's just the kindest, sweetest little girl, and it's really exciting to see her um, see her moving onward and upward. So, my shout out. Aw, now so now you have a son and you have a daughter. Aw. Yeah. One of yeah, each. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, right? One of each. Aw, that's amazing. I actually have two shout outs. Um, one goes out to Casey, um, our friend Casey. Yesterday, he actually experienced something that I don't think I've ever heard of. Um, his great uncle passed away, but also his coworker passed away. 
in the same day. And he's just kind of beside himself right now. And I just want to tell him that you are loved. And, um, yeah, I will um, keep you in my thoughts and prayers. And, obviously, I will. I have reached out to him. I reached out to him yesterday. But I kind of, whenever someone goes through something like that, I give them the option. Call me if you need me, but also take some time to just stay by yourself. And like I told him last night, I said, take the night and just think about all the amazing things that they did in your life. Just take the night. Just don't go on social or whatever. Just take the night. Because memories help. They do help. They hurt, yeah. but they help. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so shout out to him. Also, another shout out to my sister, Mandy. Uh, typically, this time every year for the past six years, um, since actually my first walk was, I think, 2016 or maybe 2015. I don't remember. But I've been walking um, for Boston Children's Hospital um, every year. And it's usually the three sisters or the four sisters, myself, Mandy, Jamie, and Ashley. And then um, Mandy's brother-in-law and sister-in-law and sometimes Mandy's in-laws when they're up from Florida. And all of our, all of their families, because obviously I don't have a family, and we'd walk in Boston, and then we'd go to dinner after sometimes. But it's like a great little, I loved it because it was, I have this thing, and I don't know why, and I don't know when it started, but every year I have to have a hot dog and a hamburger. I don't know why, but it's just something I, I, I do, and I used to do that at, um, at that walk they would, you know, give us hot dog and a hamburger. So so I haven't had it for two years, and I'm just, like, a little sad. But um, it's been virtual walks now. So, um, But she's walking today, and I posted on all my social media links to where you can um, donate. And, um, yeah. So shout out to both of them. Oddly enough, Joe, as we're about to sign off, somebody is calling us. From a five one zero number. Is that your is that your wifey or no? No. No, right. no. Let me see who it is. Um, oh, she unmuted me. Uh hi. Hi. Hi, hello. Yes, hello. Oh. Is this uh the spoke tea? This is oh. this this hello? is this is this is Emmy, and you're talking with Joe. What's your name? Uh, you know, let's talk. Let Let's do real talk. Real talk. Okay. Oh. You're a nigger, and all of you are Jews. Wow. So that person's gone. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Right I know there. some people entertain. Entertain haters. I, I know some people talk to people like that, but when you start off a conversation like that, somebody you're never going to get through. So I just ended them. Um, they, they're gone. Um, yeah, I can't. I, I'm sorry. I can't deal with that. If you want to debate something, if you call in and you're, you want to have an educated debate, that's totally fine. 
we can have an educated debate, but you do not call in and say something like that and expect to like have a conversation. Sorry. Um, so anyway, that was it. So, I got to tell you, I, I, I will say that. this. Yeah. I would yeah. I would have loved to deal with a little heckler, but um, come yeah. out of the gate like that. She came out. Yeah. Hot. That was that was a little that was a little much. Yeah. Anyway. Spoils I don't know how fun. to screen calls, so I'm sorry. I don't know how to screen people. So that's another thing I need to learn. Um but yeah, anything else before we go? <laughs> uh no. So that we can go that, on a, on a positive want... note. Sorry. Yeah, um <laughs> I, I after that, please, you know, if you want to call in Let's have a let's have a real chat. Um, yeah. But wow, I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm sad, I'm saddened. And it sounded like a young person, so that's even more sad. But whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, Can't please all the people all the time. I know that. Yeah. But again, let's end it on a positive note. Anything else you would yeah. like to um, say before we leave? No, uh, happy happy six month anniversary to my uh, to my wonderful wife. Yeah, thank you for putting yeah, up yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank it. you for putting up with me. Appreciate it, Jenna. You're an angel. You're going to not heaven. Easy. Not, easy. not easy. No, I can't. I can't even imagine. Well, what fun would that be? Yeah. <laughs> um, I would just like to say, please, again, donate. I um, We're almost at goal. And, um, yeah, go on my TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I have it all in my bio if you want to donate to Boston Children, to her walk. She, she walked locally and then posted a picture, and I think they're going to throw those pictures up. But, yeah, um, thank you for the donations in advance. Have a good weekend, or excuse me, week, and the rest of your weekend. And please, please, please stay hydrated. It's been a heat wave up here in Massachusetts, and thank God it's lifted. What, Thursday or Friday it lifted? Thank goodness, because it was, my eyeballs were sweating. Like, it was so, my my eyes were hot. Like, I, I couldn't sleep a couple nights. It was bad, so. That's it. That's all I got. All right. Everyone be good to each other. Yes. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Still thirsty for more tea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Spilled Tea PC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spilled Tea.